The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Golden State Warriors even up the 2022 NBA Finals in an emphatic fashion, 107-88. They took a 23-point lead at the end of the third on the strength of a 35-14 third quarter. Just a dominating game overall. Mr. LaRue, where would you like to start? Jason Tatum made a three-pointer, which you and I at the moment thought was pretty significant. It cut the Warriors' lead to 68-62 with four minutes and 32 seconds left in the third quarter. The next made field goal by the Boston Celtics was Aaron Neesmith. Yes, Aaron Neesmith, (laughs) hitting a layup with 9.50 remaining in the game. That cut the deficit to 27. That's you can define it as a 19 to 2 run and that final 432 of the third or a 26 to 2 run in 6 minutes and 42 seconds that functionally tied this series at one yeah that is i, I didn't realize in the moment because there's a bunch of timeouts and there are some subs and, and, and Tatum hit some free throws break. so i that's why i used the term field goals yeah i guess he got fouled twice but he only went 2 out of 4 yeah that's um i guess really to me and we could talk about the specifics of that run later but my biggest takeaway from this game and in fact even the first two games now steph curry is the best player on the floor in these nba finals and it's not particularly close he has been fantastic and i mean the warriors offensive rating in game two when he was on the floor against a very game celtics defense 127.7 he only played 32 minutes and 11 seconds because they didn't really need him in the fourth partially because he he and the warriors did so well in the first three quarters and it is remarkable how much and i rewatched the third quarter i believe you did as well how much of what goes well for the warriors offensively flows stems from stephen curry and that could be like there was a a play late in the third where i'm trying to remember who it was hit a corner three it was wiggins passed that was that was actually the one after tatum hit that three to cut it to six that was the first bucket that they got i remember that one yeah it was the first bucket after that and so curry he gets separate separates from the coverage and so i can't remember which celtic came over to help yeah I, I, i actually just watched it so grant williams it was interesting they actually had grant williams come off of wiggins so that horford could take the roller so they're still kind of taking care of the roller and just forcing the pass which steph curry saw uh, to just the next man over and then the next defender comes out of the corner off of porter to take wiggins and they can't get out to the corner fast enough porter gets a wide open corner three uh, again off of that steph gravity on on the pick and roll right and so it was it was all of those you know the play so stephen curry not credited with a basket or an assist on that play but it was his the advantage he created that made all of that happen the warriors had a you know they had a really good shooting third quarter and we'll talk about jordan Poole's part of that so i think that is a a very good place to start and curry's overall stats for the contest 29 points on 9 of 21 from the field, 5 of 12 from 3, 4 of 9 on twos, also 6 of 7 from the free throw line, 4 assists, and notably, only 2 turnovers. And so Curry, I mean, he was generating a lot of that. He was, you know, getting those looks for teammates, whether it was direct, you know, to him or it went through an intermediary like Andrew Wiggins on the aforementioned play. And the, the Celtics have wonderful defensive personnel, and I thought they really got to something in game one with that when there was a stretch where they had Marcus Smart on Draymond and they had Derek White on Curry and the Warriors couldn't really get much going there. And there wasn't a similar stretch of just log jam when Curry was on the floor during game two. Um, 
I think the bigger issue, though, and Steph Curry has made his shots, right? That was a question to me going into the Dallas series because just he'd had such a long period where he wasn't making those Steph Curry shots. And starting in the Dallas series, and even more so in this series where he now is 12 out of 26 from three in two games. He and particularly just even if he doesn't shoot quite as well going forward the tone that's being set here is massive that the boston celtics have to treat him like a five alarm fire like every other team does because we thought okay this is this is an amazing switching defense right i mean like you just look at what they did to the heat and what they did to the bucks they had someone for Giannis, and they've got this great athleticism they got time lord on the back line they got great mobility with horford and grant williams at big as well they can switch everything that's the only way to stop steph curry oh no oh no actually uh grant williams cannot guard steph curry al horford cannot guard steph curry if you're just going to switch that action and if probably what you might say they've had the most success with is getting up to touch with the bigs and then dropping back forcing him inside the arc and then having time lord there to help and also when golden state has the two bigs that that looks better as well you know not not guarding draymond some at the arc some of the stuff that happened in game one and particularly in the fourth quarter of game one they don't have an answer right now for Steph Curry. They're going to have to put two on the ball in pick and roll the way this is going right now. And the Warriors, I think getting GP2 back was massive too. We'll talk more about that. But particularly in that third quarter, and this wasn't necessarily just bad Celtics defense anymore. This is the Warriors screeners, Looney, Draymond, and GP2. Porter got one too when he was being guarded by Tice, are laying the wood on these screens and Steph Curry is one of the best in NBA history at setting up those screens slamming his man right into the body of that screener to where I don't care who you are you're not gonna just get over a screen on Steph Curry because his handle is too good obviously you'd never have the option of going under on him and good contact's gonna be made and he's gonna get an open three unless you get the big up and then he can drive by that guy when Rob had to get up he blew right by him and then finished the layup over Horford in the third quarter so even this Celtics team may be right up there among the most versatile defenses we've ever seen going back to actually the pre-2019 Warriors who could switch everything although those guys had Draymond Green at center and even Al Horford even Grant Williams they can't deal with even 34 year old Steph Curry and if they can't switch I mean I guess they're gonna I mean they're have to vary it up that maybe they even try some like boxing one or something although they haven't ever done anything like that in certain lineups or Maybe they switch and just say, hey, all right, if we get blown by, so be it. We'll get help. We can help on the back line. And, you know, they don't, like, Time Lord is really struggling now with his health. You know, who knows what they're going to get from him. You you know what I I think Boston's going to go to? I think we're going to see, there have been a lot of comparisons to the 2015 NBA Finals. I think we're going to see another one with the way that they end up doing it, which is make it a four on three and try to bet that Draymond Green isn't going to crush you there. No, I I think that that's what it's going to, and they really don't want to do that. Nobody, you don't want to have to double team 25 feet from the basket. But, But again, I mean, I'll say this too, if... Like the four on three is a lot better when you've got Rob Williams behind the play to sure. clean up everything, right? Like, the, you know, especially if Horford's already out on the floor in pick and roll defense. Like, yeah, Jason Tatum's like a pretty good help defender. Uh, Brown isn't really smart. It's like, uh, uh, you know, he'll be in the initial action too. Like Grant Williams can take some charges, but, you know, and, and they're also, they've still got pretty decent shooting around it, particularly when they don't have Looney and Draymond both out there. And, you know, some of these like, Wiggins, Gary Payton, like those guys are quick cutters, can get in front of, uh, on top of the rim as well. Like they might be in trouble defensively. Now, I mean, the Warriors have shot great from three these first two games. Like they're going to miss some shots. Like that's going to be potentially an issue going forward. Like I, I think, but other than that fourth quarter of game two or game one, Celtics haven't really had an answer for the Warriors offense. And I think it's just maybe that'll change in Boston, but that, that to me, and I know like their own offense has struggled to score. We'll talk about that. I mean, Golden State's defense is really good. But like if Boston, I don't think that they have like a bunch of easy answers on offense. Like, I think they're just going to struggle to score against Golden State. If they can't turn this into more of a defensive series on Golden State's offensive end, which we thought was the big variable in this series coming in, they could be in trouble in this series. Man, it is crazy to think that I've been working with Helix Sleep since 
2015. And I think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners. If you've never heard it before, that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom. And there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one-size-fits-all. They found the one formula, the one mattress that was going to work for everyone. My then-girlfriend, now-wife, and I ordered that mattress. We ended up having to return it because, hey, guess what? Not everyone is the same. And then she did some more research and found helix sleep we took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types and uh, helix offers 20 unique mattresses everybody sleeps differently and helix mattresses are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences hot or cold side sleeper back sleeper so take that helix sleep quiz find your perfect mattress in under two minutes and it's shipped straight to your door, free of charge. It's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home. You're like, well, how should I order this if I can't sleep? I'm like, yeah, you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do I take my shoes off? Do I leave my shoes on? But then my feet kind of hang off the bed because I don't want to put my shoes on the bed. And is it weird that I'm laying here for more than 30 seconds? You can't tell anything under those circumstances. You might as well just order it, get it sent to your house, get that 100 night trial they're 10 to 15 year warranty depending on the model and there's never been a better time to try a helix sleep mattress because they are offering 20 percent off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace easier slash capspace we talk about all the time here on the program that's helixsleep.com slash capspace this is their best offer yet i can attest to that since i've been working with them for nine years and it won't last long with helix better sleep starts now don't forget that slash capspace url to let them know that you came from us the other significant takeaway for me from game two is that we got a much better idea of what the warriors defense can look like and part of why i picked the celtics to lose this series in seven and you know i, I should have phrased that the warriors winning but i was in this frame in the first place was that i didn't trust the celtics offense all the way and this was another strong boston three-point shooting game in the let's call it the competitive portion the first three quarters was 12 of 27 from three yeah. and that is 10 and 19 in the first half 10 and 19 in the first half the boston celtics still you know they didn't get a ton of great stuff and this wasn't you know the we'll, we'll talk about their two-point shooting but it was also turning the ball over an absolute ton in those first three quarters the celtics had six it was 16 to 8 in turnovers in favor of the warriors and it was 29 to 8 in terms of points off of turnovers which is a huge problem for boston and I, I want to focus more on the process than the results here, because especially rewatching that third quarter, for the most part, the Celtics weren't getting good looks. No. And I mean, the two point shooting was atrocious during the competitive portion of the game, which I think I, I wrote this down you know, maybe early fourth quarter once it got up to 29, 25.7% from two wow. in, in this game. And most of that was shooting in the paint. Now, they're only one and nine for mid range in the first half. And, but a lot of this stuff is around the rim. And the Celtics finishers just could not get much done. Like Jalen Brown had a massive struggle after the first quarter uh, when he was awesome. I mean, it looked in that first quarter like, uh oh, like Boston is going to, could be putting these guys into difficulty. I think they led by as many as either seven or eight in the first quarter. And then Brown basically had, I think, one field goal. The rest of the game and Tatum did well in the first half but most of that was from three overall in this series Jason Tatum is seven of 24 from two Whew. and so let's talk about what the Warriors did schematically and it's something that we had talked about after game one as an option now the one thing that we didn't talk about that I wish we had was finding a better matchup for Draymond Green and I the first possession of the game the Warriors will often do this if they're making a matchup switch they'll just go with the old matchups on the first possession of the game so they had Draymond on Horford and then they went with Draymond and Jalen Brown. And Brown did get some stuff in transition, hit some big threes. He's actually ISOed on Draymond a couple of times, but Draymond also really bothered him to some degree, forced those guys into some turnovers. Uh, Celtics had a ton of turnovers in this game. Warriors had 15 steals. And when you consider it, but not only the 15 steals, but also just the active hands. And they're not, they don't necessarily block a, lot, a ton of shots anymore, but it's just Looney, Draymond, GP. They just, they kind of get your arm in there when you're driving to the basket, when you go up for a layup and it just, just forces you to miss. 
You know, it's, it's looks so inviting. You get penetration against the Warriors. You go up for the shot and you just, you end up missing. Like you just get bothered on some of these. Um, you know, we did see like Nikola Jokic eventually kind of got used to it. But I think, you know, when you're on the move driving into help, it, it's a lot harder to do that. And that's been a characteristic of this great Warriors defense is that they gave up a reasonable amount of shots in the paint, but teams would always shoot a poor percentage. And a lot of those would be floaters as well. Unfortunately, we can't break down exactly which ones are floaters and which weren't because you know the uh in the paint shooting is all fucked up on the, on the warriors scorekeeping but the biggest thing that they did was they just stopped screwing up all the cute stuff was out the jordan pool box in one against tatum i think they played like one or two possessions of one two two zone that was about it and they said what we're gonna do is we're just gonna switch all of these pick and rolls and then we're going to get up into you hopefully make you dry they didn't do a great job on, of that on tatum throughout a lot of the game because he was able to get some step back threes but what or, so ste- or step to- in threes yeah yeah i mean there, yeah there's the one on the wigan switch uh that he didn't step up on and then other times when some of their slower defenders were on tatum he was able to get to a, a sidestep three uh, off the dribble so they really needed to like make him put the ball on the floor and he was not up to the task as a passer in this game and nor was jalen braun nor was smart those guys combined for 10 turnovers by early in the third quarter smart in particular through some like draymond-esque terrible passes and so yeah you know all right in an empty gym jason tatum would probably do pretty good against jordan Poole or pretty good against steph curry but when they forced him to play in a crowd even though the celtics hit the 10 and 19 threes in the first it was too difficult they just couldn't finish al horford really struggled but i mean to me the biggest stat danny of this game uh, for the celtics offense even more so than the 27 percent from two is in game one and Draymond noted this after the game one as well. White, Horford, Smart, 15 of 23 three-pointers. In this one, how many three-pointers did those three guys combine to even attempt? Seven. Zero for Al Horford. Al Horford was one of four. He blundered into some post-ups with the, he's going to go right, sh- or uh, sorry, left shoulder every time. Warriors were all over that. He missed a couple. And he, he didn't even have a field goal attempt in the first half. So, and Smart really struggled too. Smart only played 25 minutes interestingly he had five turnovers overall and some of of those were just heinous yeah yeah the draymond style like i like i mentioned just he he look he actually had two looking for tatum on back doors that just like weren't even close to to anybody so they put it on jason tatum and jalen brown those guys combined for 13 out of 36 shooting brown was 5 of 17 as i mentioned i think he was 1 of 11 after the first quarter only had four points and jason tatum yeah you know he had 21 in the first he had 28 points negative 36 like this guy is a plus minus god usually to for him to be negative 36 well and to kind of connect with all this and you've you've been you've said things similar to this but i want to emphasize it one of the big differences between the warriors in game one and game two is that they sent help later and i thought that yeah it made a huge difference because Boston, they have capable passers, but they don't necessarily have the most intuitive ones. And so when you make those reads late, it challenges it challenges their kind of their timing and their rhythm. And whereas the Warriors, like they their offense flows so differently that, you know, they can they can find somebody. And like there was a great play. I mean, it was it was a little bit different than this description than a lot than a lot of the other ones. But like they did a version of an opportunity double on Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown just throws the ball up in the air. Stephen Curry gets it and they get and the Warriors get a transition opportunity. And so or there was there was play where they sent a late a late second person to Al Horford. I believe Steph was on him at the base of the alignment. They, I think Wiggins got a block or something like that. That was that it was late. And I think it was late in the third. And it it narrows the passing windows, but also it can help run the possession down a little bit more. More. And as long as you tell the person who's, you know, being the single player for longer, stay solid, don't don't give them anything easy, don't commit a dumb foul, like you can do a pretty good job in those circumstances. And Boston has this wonderful defensive personnel. And I praised Boston at times for doing this in the particularly the third or the third and fourth quarters of game one. But I thought the Warriors did an excellent job understanding the situation and knowing that making the twos harder is more valuable that that's better than sacrificing an easy three yeah i I totally agree with you and draymond looney i I think it's probably actually time to talk about the return of gary payton the second 
And sure. I, I tweeted during the second quarter that I thought that his return might have really changed this series. And oh, Gary Payton, the second ball. Well, I mean, Gary Payton, by the way, if you just look at his advanced stats, particularly defensively, I mean, they were amazing. And also, by the way, it's like 68% true shooting on the season on 14% usage. He hit a corner three, so that was big. Uh, the elbow looked all right. He had a couple of finishes, and he can guard Jason Tatum just fine one-on-one. He's probably would be close to their best matchup uh, on Jalen Brown as well. And he's just another shark. He's another guy who can fly around. He can dig down. He can even protect the rim a little bit. He can close out on shooters. And then on offense, like he, to me, even though he's being guarded by a big all the time, that kind of plays right into the Warriors' hands because he is also a nasty screen. Like he'll switch the angle of the screen and knows how to play and can make plays on the move. He, I mean, the guy used to be a guard, basically. He still defends guards. He plays like a big now on offense. And so he's quick enough to switch the angle of the screen or slip out and get on top of the rim. And he's going to actually finish against basically anybody except for Time Lord. And he gets on top of the rim so quickly. Like just ev- He creates more transition. He runs. Everything happens faster for golden state with him out there and he played 25 minutes in this game basically everything that he could the the reason he didn't play in game one apparently is because they just didn't feel like his elbow was good enough from a shooting standpoint and he was just only available for like defensive subs like at the end of quarters but i I think he and you know they also didn't play iguodala in this because uh, his knee was too sore but i mean I don't think it would all frankly should play. No. And I, oh, think it, yeah. I have a stat for you, Nate. Yeah. The Warriors defensive rating in 739 clean the glass possessions this year when Draymond Green and Gary Payton II were on the floor together. Oh, this is going to be ridiculous. 101.9. That's 98th yeah. percentile. 96th percentile in opponent effective field goal percentage with no opponent shooting luck. Yeah. That's So they're getting that 96th percentile in turnovers, 85th percentile in off in defensive rebounds and then they foul a bunch but you deal with that if if everything else is good and the Warriors don't have that many sharks in their current iteration. That's a part of why Gary Payton's good. And because he can he can fill a lot of the gaps, whether you need a man-to-man defender or you need a disruptor off the ball, that they don't they don't really have that other player, especially with Iguodala being so limited this year and with Clay Thompson not being the same guy that he used to be defensively. Yeah, uh, and I, I'll say this. I, he didn't have to play nearly as many minutes, obviously, and didn't have the same offensive role. But just minute for minute, I think he's actually a better defensive player than his dad was. Wow. Which is insane to say, but he, you know, he's a, a better rebounder. He's more athletic. Like his dad was probably, you know, better as like a steals guy on ball, but his GP2 is stronger, makes more plays defending the rim. Like he is one of the best defensive guards. I mean, and it's you know he that's why he's in the league essentially uh so yeah he was fantastic the other warriors rotational change that we uh, also looked at was possibly playing bielitsa and i i thought that worked out pretty well uh, he actually had three defensive stops uh, right at the start of the second when he came in and also like he he and looney are hilariously like some of the better finishers against rob inside because they're used to having to pump fake and go up slow against everybody whereas some of these other guys who are just like oh yeah i could just go right through this guy andrew wiggins i'm really athletic and it's like when rob is there it like really surprises them but these guys like you know just give like a little head and shoulder fake or just can kind of slow down or get into the body like take the the bounce out of the guy's jump a little bit um so yeah bielitsa was, was i thought was really solid they and they're willing to just switch bielitsa on to tatum as well and that was that worked fine in a lot of these plays so uh that was just a, another good move particularly if you're going to be playing gp2 um the you know unfortunately the iguodala draymond or iguodala looney thing just wasn't going to work due to the lack of shooting and particularly wasn't going to work with stuff off the floor so uh, that helped golden state keep it together in the non-stuff minutes of which during the competitive portion of the game there were only three and it's so interesting that the lines for being viable in a series are not only about that specific player in question it's also about the talent and the structure of the opposing team and so Bielitsa there aren't really that many players on the Boston Celtics that are going to destroy him that are going to totally punish him that's not the way the Celtics personnel works yeah Brown is probably the only guy where it'd be like oh this is trouble and I so and even then you know if they make 
make them drive they feel like they can get help with their active help defenders and you know force a potential turnover or you know make Jalen Brown miss a pass like he'll make a few but uh, like you said I mean it's not not the end of the world like a one a 170 offensive rating or something like that in those possessions and so you compare that to Daniel Tice being on the floor when Stephen Curry is on the floor and that is of course more about Stephen Curry than it is about Daniel Tice but it totally swings the dynamic ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court the crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at $40 a month experience it all live with sling sling and that ties in with what i think is another really important ripple of game two which is my extreme concern about robert williams because you could see the difference that him being on the floor yes credited with two blocks and 11 and sorry 14 minutes but it was all the other shots that were changed. The Warriors at one point were a putrid six for 15 on shots in the paint. And not all of that was during Robert Williams minutes, but that fueled it. Wiggins was 0 for his first four. And I think it might have been even 0 for his first six in the paint. And Williams was just victimizing him a number of those times. Or it was like the footsteps, the, you know, the the idea that Robert Williams could be there. And then he looked really limited in that third quarter. And then eventually, like he had a play where it took him a while to get up. He came out of the game shortly thereafter. And that normally, I mean, we, we saw it against the, you know, in, in against very good opponents in the Eastern Conference playoffs. The Celtics were able to manage that. They were able to use Grant Williams, who did such a good job on Bam, Bam Adebayo. They were able to go with Horford at the five and spot some minutes for Daniel Tice, depending on the opponent. A lot of those strategies are just not tenable against Stephen Curry. Yeah. And again, I mean, even someone like Grant Williams and Horford, guys who, you know, you would consider to be pretty mobile bigs and who were just so incredibly valuable against the likes of Jimmy Butler, obviously Giannis in the previous series. But this is a, just a, a totally different animal. And I think it's also noteworthy how Steph Curry is getting his shots at this point. He has taken only four catch-and-shoot three-pointers in this series. So it's wow. been very little of the off-the-ball stuff that the Draymond hanging around, playing traffic cop at the top. like That hasn't really worked very well. Uh, they haven't really caused too many miscommunications. Like Boston's a pretty good communicating defense. So Curry is two of four on catch-and-shoot threes in this series so that means that he's taken 22 threes and made 10 of them off the dribble and i mean that's and keep in mind also he hasn't even really played that many minutes yet he's only played uh 70 minutes so far in the series there's a feeling that he can really ramp his minutes up more and it looked like we were headed that way in the first half when he only sat for three minutes but obviously didn't have to play it all in the fourth and so like that's the those are the shots and you know he's bright i think he's shown really more verve off the dribble in these last two series and particularly even in this series than he has all all season long in both his ability to get to the basket and then also just to set up his off the dribble threes even against switches like he had one on horford where he just broke his ankles and stepped back to his left what else do we need to talk about from this one before we kind of talk adjustments and, and where the series is heading from here? I thought this was another rough Clay Thompson game offensively. Four for 19 from the field, including a lot of ill-advised twos. He was only one for eight on threes. Most of those were more in line with the Clay yeah. Thompson shots. That I, I mean, there, there's not many threes unless he's just like totally fading and off balance that I'm not cool with for clay the twos but there are but there are but it's almost the exact even balance with the number of twos unless they're like dribbling towards the basket and getting there that are that are generally I mean he can do some pull up he has can have some pull-ups if he's on balance that can be okay and with Thompson there like there are players who have to take bad shots who it's you know and and incidentally there's a fair amount of them in this series you know like Stephen Curry and Tatum at times and Jalen Brown at times or the just the offense is slowing down somebody has to do it those shots almost never fall to clay thompson because he doesn't have the ball in his hands that often and i think the adjustment that he might have to make and i mean i've been saying this basically since he came back as excited as we were that he was back on the floor is 
when you don't have an advantage, when you haven't cultivated that, try to get something else. And he's more confident in some of those like off the dribble, pull up, contested shots than he should be. And they're they're not going in nearly enough. And they basically never have in his career other than some very, very specific moments to justify it. And like so for Clay to be as off as he's been four of 19 in this game and then six of 14 in game one, he was below 50 percent from the field in each of the three previous series as well. The Warriors are just overcoming that for now. Yeah, and I think they only have so many creators and shooters on this team, and I do think he needs to continue to be aggressive. I mean, it, like I would try to get rid of like maybe two long twos, but they they still. I mean, this is still a good defense. If Steph isn't creating the play, he can't run pick and roll every single possession. Although they've been doing a ton of that and having pretty good success, but he needs a break, and you just need some other facets to your offense, and also you need to just maintain him as a threat that you're worried about, right? Like Clay came off a screen, for example, on a sideline out of bounds in the third quarter, and Al Horford goes to step out at him, and Kevon Looney gets a dunk. So there's still that aspect of it as well. And, you know, he's had enough games where he's gone crazy in these playoffs that he still is a, a threat. And I think that's the threat that he presents still to me counteracts what damage his shot selection can do at times and jordan Poole ended up with 17 points he played the whole fourth but really went off with six points and an assist in the last 117 of the third all of which were unanswered by boston he came in actually his nemesis Derek white blocked him a couple of times at the rim including just an incredible chase down after i thought Poole had beaten him with his little like fake spin move and i think time lore got him again too like he's had a lot of shots at the rim blocked where usually he could be an extremely athletic finisher and you could tell that kerr lost confidence in him because he didn't even go to him until there was like 130 left in the third and then he immediately got off got his confidence back i think that was biggie beat white and then set up looney for a dunk and then he had a pull up on i can't remember who it was it was some somewhat overmatched defender i think it was peyton pritchard um yeah it was but, either pritchard or tice and then yeah. and, 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 and the warriors the, it were, was the yeah. it was the stephen curry two for one right yeah he got the two for one there and then one of the best half court shots I've ever seen because he went in he like i can't i think it was pritchard again he like put him in the mix at half court and then just shot his normal shot and it wasn't even half court like right in front of the basket it's like half court all the way over the corner like that that adds you know i'm not going to do the pythagorean theorem on exactly how much further away it was listed it was listed at 39 feet oh yeah oh it was way further than that it was definitely further than that um they messed that up in um i would say but i mean to like it was definitely further out than like you know dame lillard's game winner or that one that Steph had in okc uh dame lillard's in 2019 against okc and he just like in and out dribble i think it was between the legs after that and then just like shoot your normal shot from out there after that dribbling exhibition and just drained it he said he said in an interview after the game i, I got unlimited range i guess <laughs> and i was like yeah that's uh that might be an indication and, and then he had a decent fourth quarter as well so for him to get going that they are going to need more from him and i think also once steph curry starts getting more attention which i think he's probably going to they're going to at least experiment with that going forward now that playing him will become more important to get another shooter on on the floor and also frankly i think once rob williams i mean we we just don't know what's going to happen with rob williams at this point right like i mean you would love to have him playing as the only center and we basically didn't see any of that at all and i think they also with horford and rob they're kind of their defense is good and you can kind of play some more conventional ways and rob can be on the back line but that's going up against the two bigs for golden state also and then your offense is going to struggle for spacing as well with that group so uh you know i think pool just finding his confidence and frankly i would say also danny restoring steve kerr's confidence in him sure is probably a, a big part of it also um a- another important one for me jalen brown scored an outright majority of his 17 points in the first 
two minutes and 24 seconds of game two. He had that big <laughs> stretch that he scored nine of the Celtics first 13 points. Um, J- uh, Tatum got a two and, and Smart got a two during that stretch. And then after that, he was two of 14 from the field, which was and, and you know, wasn't really a huge factor in the game overall. It wasn't creating a ton of advantages after that huge fourth quarter. And you saw that early stretch. You're like, oh, Jalen Brown's at it again. And it was really only that. And it was part of it was I thought Brown a little bit more tentative. But I thought the idea that I talked about of helping later and just the, the Warriors being more solid. I thought that made a huge difference. Another thing that we should talk about is that Golden State is continuing to avoid turnovers. And I think a big part of that is they're not putting the ball in Draymond's hands nearly as much. He's one of their highest turnover guys. Steph has been very solid with the ball so far. He had one fast break turnover that was terrible in this game. But other than that, he's been pretty reliable. And because they've been doing more Steph pick and roll, I think that's part of how they've been able to avoid turnovers against this team that uh, does force a fair amount of turnovers and has a lot of length and athleticism. You know, I'm not uh, wait, sure. Wait, can if, I give the you know. can I give the stats on that? By the way, yeah, so the definitely, Warriors had sure. in the first three quarters. The Warriors had eight total turnovers, and only three of those eight were live ball. Yeah, yeah, and now some of their misses in the paint early in this game when they were I mean they were desperately struggling some of these are just smoking but you know they heard the footsteps of Rob and all that as well and Derek White was probably the second best Celtics rim protector in this game so those can kind of be like turnovers and give up transition to some degree but yeah I mean if and Golden State didn't turn it over too much in game one either if they can continue to avoid turnovers that again makes it so much more difficult for Boston we talked about how this is going to be a big feedback loops series Last thing on this game, like Al Horford, I just thought had a very poor defensive game overall. Part of that is because he's being asked to do some stuff that he's just not really that good at. Like there's like the Celtics were doing a bunch of like switching the matchups on out of bounds plays when they felt they just knew exactly what the play was going to be. And so sometimes they'd even start off with Horford, like guarding Steph or Clay at the beginning of the out of bounds play. And actually I wonder if Golden State might just consider breaking those off and then just like, okay, we'll just give it to Steph Curry right now. But, or you just end up like break the playoff, have Horford on clay and now you can just attack with their best rim protector out on the floor but anyway like Horford got stuck in a few matchups where he had to get over a screen because he was guarding Curry and then uh, Rob Williams was involved in the play as well and there are other times in transition where he's just he's he still is a big even with his pretty good mobility there was a play in transition where he was on clay and then clay ran all the way to the opposite side of the floor and Horford had to run through and then didn't call out the switch in time for smart and clay hit a three in the third quarter and you know, his communication wasn't great. I thought his movement wasn't great. And, you know, he didn't get that long of a rest before game one. He, but certainly the amount of energy he had, his plays protecting the rim, uh, he didn't do nearly as much there. We also haven't really seen uh, Jason Tatum do much as a help defender so far no, in this series. And, we you know, I think they're going to, particularly if Rob isn't going to be able to play that much and they're going to have to have Horford out on the floor and pick and roll defense, like he's going to need to be one of their primary guys protecting the room. Like that's, I think he's capable of potentially doing that but that's something that he's definitely going to need to do so i have two more things i want i want to discuss briefly one of them stat from tom haberstro via stathead the celtics only made 37 two-pointers in games one and two combined that is the lowest in nba finals history so that that's pretty incredible and then the other thing we haven't talked about it ended up not being that relevant for the outcome of the game i guess unless he had actually gotten ejected but we got another experience of draymond green getting an early technical foul and then basically seeing how far he could go before before getting another one including that really weird sequence where green fouled jalen brown shooting a three then kind of put his legs on jalen green's chest and head jalen brown jalen brown sorry jalen brown he he tried to he tried to create jalen green out of out of him and jalen brown <laughs> yeah, and, and so that circumstance, which they reviewed and eventually gave no technical, he, he did record. take his legs off of him. He did. It was, I mean, it was. It was. I, I don't think that should have been. It should have no. been anything. But as people pointed out, I think Vince Goodwill had this too. It's like it, it's also the frustration with how how many light techs refs give out during the regular season. It's like yeah, they do that, and then during the playoffs, they're you know not looking to eject players, especially Zach Zarba has been loath to do that in the past and today. So I, you know, it is. It is a part of it, but also that's, you know, it's a, a segment of let's call it the Draymond Green experience. Ah. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. So let's talk possible adjustments for the next game. Even if it leads to bat to some some negative outcomes in total, the big has to be closer to the level of the ball when Steph Curry is is yeah. in an action. The, they tried a bunch of this cute shit of like, you know, kind of pre-switching or like, oh, we'll get Horford back and then he'll retreat and someone else will come over at the same time. And like, it, they just weren't tight enough with that stuff. I, I think they may have to simplify a little bit there. They may, because what they're doing is not working. And I'm not sure that a, a small tweak or improved execution will get them enough of the way with how well Stephen Curry is playing. I mean, he had some plays even where he got, you know, guys in the mix. And so I think that's the first and foremost it's going to be really hard if they have to replace Robert Williams in the rotation or if he can only play about as many minutes as he did in this one. Well, he couldn't even run. Like, no. Could not, as particularly in the third quarter. Like, there were a couple of times when he got behind the play and when he really had to accelerate, and it's like, oh, this dude can't run. And then uh, Smart, I think, fell into his leg on a drive later and then he just couldn't continue really after that, it seemed like. So, you know, you just, you never know what you're going to get from him at this point. But, you know, we've seen him kind of deteriorate throughout his season they may even just it might even be smart honestly to just rest him for this next game and hope that he can get back to the level he was in game one because like i was saying in the first game our pod where it's just like all right you just degrade a certain amount from playing and then you heal a certain amount on the off days but generally you're probably degrading slightly more than you're improving and it just kind of adds up yeah and i will I, i mentioned this to you during the game I don't know knees well enough. Thankfully, I haven't suffered too many injuries there to to be informed about my concern. But there were moments during game two where I'm just like, I hope this doesn't affect the rest of his career. And yeah, no, we talked about that when we were at the game. Yeah, and so I'm I'm concerned there. I love Robert Williams. I've been, you know, I've been such a believer and you don't you don't expect you don't fear that it's a you know like a Brandon Roy situation he's only 24 years old but coming back from a meniscus injury in my opinion too soon because he wanted to make an impact and I completely you know I'm sympathetic to the motivations behind that and the medical team presumably cleared him so they're making these decisions but I hope I hope it's not that I hope more than anything that it's not that because yeah he's so amazing yeah, I mean, like that block he had on the Steph finger roll, like because we could see it because we're in the, up in the nosebleeds on the opposite baseline of just how much ground he covered. Like Steph was like, "Oh yeah, I got an easy, easy finger roll," and he basically just like one step from the block all the way across the lane. I mean, that's that's something you if you haven't really been on an NBA court before that I think a lot of people don't realize is that the lane is two feet wider on an NBA court than it is on you know just your local gym or your high school or college court or whatever. Like how wide the lane is is something that i think you people kind of forget about nba court and yeah it's that that block was ridiculous i mean they were so terrified of him (laughs) even even when he couldn't move at the start of the third like wiggins was just uh, totally uh wigged out Ah, didn't intentionally get there but i did so yeah and that that's just going to be a a problem and hopefully we won't hear about him having another surgery i don't know if he's even had like another mri or what i mean i i applaud he did get his contract extension and you know this is fighting for a championship and so i i you know at least the stakes are worth it here but yeah you you just hope it's not going to be a problem for him going forward um you know i think they should probably try some aggressiveness getting the ball out of Steph's hands early trying even just to like deny him more in the backcourt like if they're gonna not let him run as much pick and roll as well um by just trying to deny him the ball just in general speaking of that if if they can pull it off with some of their personnel i actually really like the warriors putting some pressure on in the backcourt not because they're going to generate a ton of steals but because it can accentuate boston taking a while to get into their offense which they do in the first place this is sort of the opposite of when i didn't like it in that that was the philly series right yeah it was philly against um i guess i think that was philly toronto memory sir it was one of those series where it's like there's 
speeding them up, but they were better sped up. And Boston, I think it slows them down a little bit. Yeah, but Boston's going to be the team making most of the adjustments, uh, sure. I would imagine. So, you know, I also think just switching more and just doing a better job in terms of individual defense uh, on Steph Curry. And that is forcing him inside the arc, saying forcing him right because he can't shoot a step back to his right anymore he doesn't really have that shot for whatever reason the way he did five six years ago and still it's just basically for anybody it's hard to shoot a a step back going to the right from three and say all right you know we're probably gonna get blown by here but that's okay we're gonna try and keep him close to the sideline when he begins his drive like not from right in the middle of the floor and when we send him in to help we're gonna his passing angles won't be as good because he's closer to the side of the floor we'll we'll know exactly where it's going we're gonna have help available and you know if he's gonna drive to the basket 25 times in this game like that's what we're gonna make him do but we're not gonna give up any three-pointers to Steph Curry and we're gonna send him into our help and force him to make a great pass which he's capable of doing like I mean this is it's not ideal to just kind of almost be giving up a drive and to someone's right hand even more so but again you just you cannot give up the step back three to him the way he's shooting the ball right now personnel wise I don't really understand why Daniel Tice and Peyton Pritchard both come in the game at the same time and they're both relative defensive liabilities in this especially series. because those minutes often overlap with Stephen Curry being on the floor right yeah at the end of the first and the end of the third that's a great point and they did a better job if we didn't mention already of targeting Pritchard I thought in this game with pool and i think pool can be effective in that matchup and you know he just has to make the layup or make the pass once he actually beats pritchard or he can shoot a step back on him same thing with steph the clay post up against him you know if clay Clay thompson just like put a guy in the goal one time like he's so strong like just back him down for a layup like dude, just just shoot a fadeaway over like a six one guy every time it's just kind of annoying um so so those are some of the things i talk about i mean i think what Boston can do against the Warriors switching, they have to be more intentional about the matchup, definitely targeting pool, just going early as well. I mean, they yep. just don't do that, right? And I think Braun in particular is someone where if they're going to switch, get ahead of steam up, come off the pick, and just keep right on going rather than, okay, we're going to back it out. Let's let the help defense get set. I talk about all these things all the time, but Boston doesn't really have the off-ball switch game, cause miscommunications. Like They just don't have that varied of an offense. I still want to see more of Tatum as the screener. Certainly, if White or Poole or, or white or smart is in transition or even just a, has a, an open side against pool like they should have full license to go right at him i definitely want to see more duck-ins from the likes of grant williams who's almost always being guarded by someone smaller than him horford on a quick duck-in as well like the the static post ups by horford he was 0 for 3 on those in this game like he's got one move in the post that's not good like you got to just use your big body get some better passing like smart is a pretty good entry passer Horford can do it from the elbows as well. Um, Tatum on his, I, I would also be trying to get Tatum the ball with a live dribble in triple threat, face up, and just shoot over the top of some of these smaller guys after the switch. That's the other reason I like Tatum as the screener. Then he can roll into space. But I, I do think the Warriors might kind of have something here because they like this Warriors defense looked like the Warriors defense from the first half of the year tonight where they were just forcing teams to play in a crowd in the paint and just good length uh they also just completely shut off any offensive boards whatsoever uh, which has been impressive so yeah I I uh Celtics offense you know I'm not sure they have that many great answers here other than just you know kind of playing a little bit better passing a little bit more just I would say just trying to penetrate a little bit more under control so that you can find the shooters but this Warriors defense as I mentioned especially with GP back there and Steph also had a great defensive game we probably haven't talked about that enough in terms of his help defense had some isolation stops uh all that he's been really solid there's nobody really who's gonna like blow him up in this series other than maybe brown i might try that see if i could get that matchup if i'm boston and particularly with the again brown just getting right downhill but the problem is brown's not like an unbelievable decision maker on the drive you need to be a great decision maker on the drive against this golden state defense so where is it coming from here now i think we're gonna get it my instinct is knowing what we know right now we're getting a split in boston yeah golden state of course has won a road game in a record 26 consecutive series 
much of it we just don't know what the story is going to be with rob williams to me i thought he was such a key player in the series he has been when he's been available uh and, and all al horford obviously has to play much but i mean he's in terms of his offensive game like he is just yo-yoed so much in these playoffs from just complete non-entity to just these massive games like game four against milwaukee and, and game one against golden state yeah it feels like it's going to be a split golden state hasn't been able to be that consistent on the road in these playoffs but they've also had the good fortune to play a majority of their games at home because they've closed out it in five so boston could easily win both in boston and you know steph curry is going to be due for not playing quite as well and you know i think guys like marcus smart can have more of an impact i I wonder if smart is starting to wear down a little bit too in terms of like he hasn't been playing that many minutes he's got that ankle sprain he got remember he missed game one against miami with the sprained foot as well he could be struggling a little bit physically the Warriors are at some point are going to have their dumbass turnover game, you would think. Although, again, taking the ball out of Draymond's hand, I think, really helps with that. But also, you know, what happens when Boston has a bad shooting game from three? Like, they had a good shooting game from three, and they were awful offensively tonight anyway. So what happens to them then? Very interesting questions going forward. But I, is it advantage Warriors going forward here? You, you hate to yo-yo back and forth all the time, but I think just they're... The fact that they haven't don't have a schematic answer at all for Steph Curry yet, and that Steph Curry's been able to beat their bigs, that's a big problem for Boston. Like I maybe that changes, but if it doesn't change, like Golden State's gonna score pretty well, and I don't think Boston can score all that well against Golden State. Yeah, it's it's a hard one to solve. I I you know, I picked it in seven. I still think it's gonna be in that range. And Robert Williams' absence going to be important unfortunately there'll probably be other unavailabilities at some point during this but right now yeah i mean we we saw a closer to full strength version of the warriors and i thought peyton made a difference and it's it's a series now and i'm extremely excited for game three which we will call on playback so you can kind of get get all your ducks in a row because that room might fill up kind of quickly would you try playing pritchard more maybe if you're boston like what about any other player usage stuff for them i mean i still would you try grant williams at center or some maybe i i would to me i would rather have grant even if grant williams is imperfect on stephen curry i would rather have him out there than tice he's a much better offensive player and the, i think you can clean up some of that with tice it, it just feel it feels like a low win situation on offense and defense so to me any minutes that were going to him unless you were going to play those guys together which they don't really have to do i would give those just to grant williams that's those are the dice i'm rolling as opposed to the tice dice <laughs> and if you must play tice which they probably do honestly depending on what williams availability is uh, robert williams just don't do it when Steph's out there if you can avoid it and particularly not at the end of the third because that's that's when Steph loves to go nuclear all right very interested to see what happens in this game three I think really anything could happen but overall other than that fourth quarter by Boston the Warriors to me have just have had more answers and have forced Boston way more out of their comfort zone than vice versa and when Golden State just stopped like screwing up their defense and actually just stayed solid like they really caused problems all right we will be back we'll have plenty more going this week draft stuff got to catch up on some news uh, as well going forward here so we'll, we'll be back in some capacity tomorrow and throughout the week and of course on wednesday we'll have a discussion of game number three so that at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.